First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. When you're talking about activism, it's hard to know where to start. But where we start is in knowing that we can do this. We absolutely can do this. You know, when we were moving to Iowa in in 2019, I wasn't sure we could do that. Moving's a funny thing. You realize that owning a house is sort of like owning the world's largest junk drawer. After a while, it's filled with things you need and things you don't need and things you love and things you really can't quite identify anymore. Even some really big things that got in there somehow and you're not sure how to get out again. If you've ever had to move, this may sound familiar. We tried to get rid of things. People said they wanted things and immediately moved to somewhere in outer Mongolia without a forwarding address. Our moving date kept getting closer and somehow we still owned all the things. And I thought of selling the house as is, oddly half furnished. I wondered about the cost of a dumpster. And every time the idea of a dumpster crossed my mind, I thought about all the things we throw away. I thought about my mother's mother, who'd been raised poor in an orphanage because her family couldn't afford to feed her. And she was a fabric artist, a quilter, saved every scrap she ever saw. And and she would change the design to make sure that every scrap got used I thought about how she would feel seeing the amazing waste, our our discarded junk. You use do well in general at, at minimizing junk. That's true. We recycle. We tend to buy carefully. And yet we're surrounded by a world where disposable is a way of life. It's easier and cheaper, right, to get rid of it than to fix it. You tried to fix a modern Mr. Coffee coffee pot. They laugh at you and tell you to go buy a new one. It's easier to accept planned obsolescence and lousy construction. There's only so many battles we can fight. And it's the shadow of this worldview that interests me because we're not just talking about material disposability. That that disposability leaks like rancid water all over everything. And the way we treat things becomes the way we treat people if we're not careful. Life becomes a commodity. We start to treat difficult relationships the way we treat difficult repairs. It's it's easier to ignore it. It's easier just to throw it out. And that gets problematic when we consider our first two principles the inherent worth and dignity of every person and uh, striving toward equity and justice and compassion. I'm as guilty as anyone else of thinking of some relationships as disposable. They're broken. They're too hard to fix. They're too expensive. I don't have the time. Relationships with people we don't understand, with people who don't understand us. Relationships where we get it wrong over and over again. Ally relationships are some of the places where it's easy to get wrong. And it's even easier to consider discarding them because they're work. 
Their risky commitments to connection that leave us open and vulnerable. But we can do this. They can cause pain. They hold privilege up to a mirror we would rather not see. And at times they feel downright impossible. But we can do this because activism in and of itself, well, it's simple. You can support things that you agree with, support a politician. You can fight for your own interest and the interest of others like you. That's activism. It's meaningful. It's valuable. It's the equivalent of wrapping your own belongings in plastic wrap before you move. You're protecting your stuff. But the call to activism is bigger. It's a call to work for things that don't personally impact you. You don't just have to wrap your stuff and move it safely. You're responsible for what happens to the rest of it. You're responsible. Because the rest of it is learning to be an ally. And right now that word gets tossed around a lot. We have to walk with people and fight for people whose experience of the world looks nothing like ours. We have a hymn in our gray hymnal that says, walking with you is our prayer. If that's true, then we have to walk on some roads that are not familiar. And we have to walk on roads that lead to places we would not otherwise go. And how we do it matters. A few years ago, there was a writer named Mia McKenzie. If you've not read her stuff, it's worth it. She runs a blog called Black Girl Dangerous. She wrote a book called Black Girl Dangerous. A few years ago, she wrote a piece called Eight Ways Not to Be an Ally, a non-comprehensive list. This piece was sarcastic and angry, and a lot of it is not repeatable here but it gets right to the heart of some of the ways we get lost trying to walk on those unfamiliar roads. I wanna look at those missteps today because we can do this. As you use, we often get presented with opportunities to side with love. We go to marches and vigils and protests. We write, we rise in solidarity with angry black people in Ferguson, Missouri with oppressed and threatened LGBTQ people in Uganda. We go on mission trips. We sleep outside in cardboard tent cities to call attention to the plight of the homeless. But you don't get a big red A for allyship to hang around your neck or put on your forehead because you've done something. Fighting oppression is ongoing and we can do it. But if we're not in the trenches, every time we get a chance, we don't get to keep telling people about that one time we got out there. Mia McKenzie writes, remember that time your uncle said all the effed up stuff about illegal Mexican immigrants? And you were all like, actually, Uncle, California's Mexico. So you need to read your history because you're hella racist. That stuff rocked, bruh. And it totally means that you're an ally with a capital A for like ever and ever. Done and done. Let's go get a celebratory Slurpee. But you know what else? Nope. Being an ally takes way more practice than that. It's a consistently active 
an evolving thing. Those don't feel like friendly words on first blush when you first hear that. But if you think about it for a moment, the fact that she took the time to tell the truth, that's an act of love. And once we realize that unless we keep doing the work, we're not active allies, we also have to realize it's not just about our feelings. And, and, and I know I've put my foot down my throat enough times. The taste is lousy. But we can do it. It hurts when I'm trying to help and someone from the group I'm helping tells me I'm doing it wrong. Or worse yet, that I need to be quiet and listen. But it's true. Our education will never be more important than someone else's life experience. It's okay that I was only asking a question because I wanted to help, but it's also okay for me to hear that my question was offensive or a microaggression, that I have to accept that. It's okay. Keep doing it. Mess up a thousand times. Get better each time. We can do this. It's okay. Some areas of the work are really challenging. Alliance through dating is one of them. Dating only people of a specific race outside your own or from a specific marginalized ethnicity or religion or only dating trans people, that doesn't make you an ally. Allyship isn't contagious. It may mean you are an ally, or it may mean you have fetishized a particular group. Keep doing the work. You can do it. Keep doing it. And one of the phrases heard quite often around ally work is, I don't see race, or I don't see gender, or I don't see handicap, or any other of a host of areas. The problem with this is it makes the person invisible. You don't see the thing that's part of what makes them who they are. They have to live with it every day of their life. You don't get to just be blind to something that's a big part of them. It's easy to be uncomfortable about our privilege, and it's terribly easy to be an ally until we feel we've done enough, and then it's time to go home to bed. But being an ally doesn't stop when I've done enough not to feel guilty right now. It means I keep working until success. It means that I make the commitment that I'm not done until everyone gets to go home to bed. It's straightforward to challenge oppression personally. I can tell my brother to stuff a sock in it when he's being a racist. But it's braver to explain to a radical feminist to explain to J.K. Rowling that they're being anti-trans or to stop a company from discriminating against LGBTQ people. Being an ally means doing it in public, in places of power, not just at home or in church. And you can do it. We can do it. It means doing the legwork and not getting on TV. It means you're doing it because... It's right, not because you'll be recognized or thanked. You're not a savior. You're a load bearer, a foot soldier in a battle that'll take away your privilege. Being an ally means we should read and reread and reread again the words of marginalized people. We can learn from them. They can't learn from us. 
what it means to be marginalized. We cannot teach them what it means to be oppressed. The experience is not ours. To paraphrase LGBTQ author Helen Boyd, not being a jerk doesn't make you a miracle. It doesn't even make you a good person, just a decent one. Our goal is not to save the world. Our goal is just to be an ally, and we can do it. We can commit to making the world a little less broken. That's all we're asking. We can commit to going beyond that as soon as we can and becoming the co-conspirator that Feminista Jones called for in our reading this morning. What's the difference? Well, co-conspirator has given up all privilege. And they can't just put down the struggle and go home either. It's theirs now. And they are in it to win it. We are in it to win it. Every day we find new ways to work toward a better world and we can do it. We can support each other and comfort and guide one another. Lead each other to do this amazing work. So many of you are already committed to it. Invite one another into what you are doing. And you can help lead us there. The call is simple. If you want to move forward, you have to look at all the things you already own, all the attitudes and platitudes and the fears and the beliefs. Take the ones that don't work to the metaphorical dump and start again fresh. Meet the neighbors and struggle with them to make your neighborhood the best place ever, to make your world the best place ever, one world, one big house with all of us in it together, and we can do it. Yes, we can. Amen.